Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-host Daniel Quinn and Chris Prunty. On today's episode, a listener email has us exploring a world with less than a thousand blanks. And we're going to get into that email right now. This is coming from listener Austin. Austin, thank you so much for sending us your world building prompt. And remember that if you want to send in your own world building prompt, you can always email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com or send us a tweet. That's fine too, at Let's World Build. Now, the email that Austin sent us sounds something like this. I had an idea for a world I thought might be fun for you guys to play around with. You already dealt with a post-scarcity world, so now I was thinking you could do the opposite. A world with some major resource being extremely scarce. I'm thinking something like food, shelter, water, guzzoline, love, etc. It doesn't need to be post-apocalyptic either. Just a world with a shortage for whatever reason. Also, if you're still wanting to remain creatively bankrupt, we are. You could call it the world of less than a thousand blank. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing, Austin. So thanks again for your email. And gentlemen, I want to start this out with a pretty big bang here because I want to start out with the resource we're lacking is the sun itself. So the world, the earth no longer has sunlight and no longer has a sun. And that's where I want us to start today. Oh, I like that. So perpetual night, dark sun, perpetual dark sun, perpetual night. Uh, you got day walkers. If you want to get into like bad vampire movies, whatever you want to do, that's what I wanted to go with. Okay. So was there ever a sun? Yes. Oh, is, is, um, follow up questions. Is the sun literally gone or is it like magically obscured? Is it like, are we dealing with a magical situation or is it follow science in some way? So I'm actually going to say there's not really magic involved here. I'm going to tip, I'm going to put us in like a fairly modern setting. Right. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is um, it's a matter of an asteroid belt, you know, or like some, some celestial object gets blocked and blocks the sun for us. And it's, it's temporary, but temporary in the sense that it's, you know, like, um, like celestial temporary. So a couple thousand years and it'll be gone. So the sun is there. It's just, it's light is being blocked. Exactly. So I'm I'm guessing that it's going to be very minimal sunlight Mm -hmm. rather than no, like pitch black. Could it be like only the only light you get is from an eclipse? Oh, like eclipse light constantly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That I can, that I can deal with. Yes. So are we dealing with also the absence of heat? Sounds like I don't, it. Well, I mean, realistically, the way that I was kind of poking around this idea was, and this is actually, so I'm knocking out both my tenets right away because my first tenet is we're losing the sun. We no longer have the sun. My second tenet is it's, it's not as bad as you think, like thematically, my tenet is it's a crisis, but not on an apocalyptic scale, you know? So it's like, but we've adapted to it at this point, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I hate to use this, but it's basically like the dark ages, you know, like that's where we are now, but we're, we've adapted to it. So we've got like cities under big, you know, like, uh, you know, vitamin D lamps essentially is, is my guess, you know, like things have to be a lot more centralized than they once were. That makes sense because, like, um, if the sun is still there, 
um, it's not like the total destruction of the earth because if it was actually gone, then we'd have a problem. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think what we would see is like obviously we'd see major environmental shifts in mm-hmm. terms of vegetation and animal life. Right. For sure. The temperature would be lower, but not like, you know, zip zero, basically. Right. We're not doing frost punk here Mm -hmm. where you have to like, oh, how much how much sawdust do you want to put into the gruel this week? Like, no, it's not going to be that bad. Obviously, it's going to be colder. I think that people Mm -hmm. would probably have to move away from the poles a little bit more, you know, like more towards like warmer climates all, all said and done. I think that things will have to be centralized. I think it'll be like a really bad situation for humanity, but I think that we would create the technology fast enough where, okay, we don't have sunlight. Here's what we got. Here's what we can work with, you know, and like life would be fucked up, but it would kind of go along in this weird sense of normalcy, you know? How long ago has this happened though? Long enough to where there we've we've gotten past the crisis point and it's back to kind of boring again. But not it's not like thousands of years or hundreds of years. You know what? I'm going to go to one of my favorite websites. Oh, oh, I have. I'm going to go to random.org and I'm just going to go ahead and type in a number between one and a hundred. Okay. No, no, it's okay. I think I know a way that people dealt with the cold, and since it's already dark out, I, I know how people are surviving. It's fine. It's fine. This is great. Ooh, how yeah, it's like New England. Like all, the, it's like New England winter all the no, time. No, no, you, society just adapted to live closer towards the center of the earth, where it's warmer, so everyone <laughs> lives underground. It's a society that lives underground, and you know, due to the lack of nutrition, maybe they started to uh, have their growth a little bit stunted. Chris, we are not making dwarves. Yeah. Uh, we're we're not making dwarves here, Christopher. Okay. Are they albino dwarves? Now, admittedly, I do I actually do think that like obviously rickets would be kind of an issue. <laughs> so yeah, we'd probably get shorter people overall. But I'm outright rejecting the dwarf idea. Okay, like we're not having fantasy dwarves in real life. What about the matrix style of trying to survive through the cold of just getting close to the center of the earth. Not underground. No. Wait, why, why, why it makes sense. Geothermal. Yeah, but we can bring the heat up. We don't have to go towards the center. We don't need to, but it's also, you have to care less about insulation about, uh, Chris, we're not making Gimli. We're not, (laughs) we're just not making Gimli. You have to, it's not one of your tenants, I know, and we're not. We're just not doing it. You could, you could totally make a faction though that does that. Thank you. Yes, you can make a faction next episode that deals with you know like humanity becoming dwarves. That's fine. And then I will we'll have accept that. Dwarves. And then, yeah, they wear like layer goggles. Dragar, Dragar. Yeah, they wear like those goggles, Draugar. and they've got they're like yeah. yeah. Now. I think it's safe to say that none of us are really good science people here. So I'm sure that there's a ton of catastrophic things that we're probably forgetting or not realizing how bad it would be because there's no direct sunlight anymore. And I'm I'm sure that you guys, you know, like our listeners will be able to chime in and tell us exactly what we got wrong. And you, I, I, I open myself to you pop in the discord. I know that we actually have like at least one biologist in there who can tell us exactly how and why we're wrong about this, but let's kind of just go from there. All right. 
anyway, there's no sun. Vampires rule. Uh, there's no rule. And that's where we are so far. It's funny that you speak of vampires um, because this wasn't necessarily when I had the tenant I was thinking of doesn't necessarily um, speak to what the shortage was, but I did write down people in this world cannot die from old age or natural ailments. Oh, that's interesting. So I'm not sure what to do with that, but I do like that they're now in this twilight realm. This okay, so you can't die hell. of old age or what? Or like natural ailments. So like normally you die from old age because of some something gets you finally. You know, like, right. so like they're like crocodiles. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I mentioned vampires as a joke, mm-hmm. right? Can we create scientific vampires? Yeah, here? that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Where it's like, Okay, we've saved humanity by turning them into vampires, essentially. Like we've we've had to genetically alter the pathway of humans down this route. Yeah. And I wonder, like, because I know there's that one movie, I forget what it's called, where they were scientific vampires and it had to do with like UV light is what hurt them or something. Um, uh, are you talking terrible about, movie. I'm pretty sure you're talking about Daywalkers. I made yes. that reference. Isn't that the yeah. one? Right, yeah. It's yeah. got so I don't want to go in it. Yeah, like I don't want to yeah. repeat what they did, but I like the idea of like some scientific solution that essentially, oh, it would be neat if, if whatever the scientific solution was creates like two classes of people, like one that are wealthy enough to afford this therapy and then one, the rest of the people that don't get it. And the ones that well, are wealthy enough to have it are basically like uh, immortal in the sense of like they don't die from old age. Well, you know me. I always love uh, bringing in classist issues into yeah. our world building. And I mean, realistically, the the vampire like mythologically speaking has mm-hmm. often been represented as aristocracy yeah right and, and to more to that point like beings who feed off of the lifeblood of others you know whether mm-hmm. that be through capitalism or through aristocracy or there's a classist base there and i imagine that we can probably evoke something here as well that's what i so want to do yeah w- what i can imagine we can do with this tenet is make it so Yes, you can be immortal and you can be immune to, you know, normal disease and whatnot, but also just, you know, have it be a class thing, you know, like, so the poor people strive to become vampires. So it's an ascension to this vampiric lifestyle. Now, one thing I do want to stray away from, I want this bloodletting to be metaphorical. I don't want them to be you know, like, oh, I have to suck on my blood. You know, I don't. Yeah, want I don't want that. any like direct yeah. parallels. Just exactly. Yeah. I don't want any blood. It's I don't blood. want them to be like regenerative or have special powers. I just want them to not die from old age necessarily. Yes. And there's something parasitic maybe about the relationship with the lower class. Again, we can just have it just uh, a straight up parable to yeah, uh, like a, a capitalist society. We yeah. can just do that. And maybe you know, maybe like the 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 point of the the. Like the point of the therapy was really to deal with having to live with no light, you know, whatever the biological reason was, but it's created this class divide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so like some, some, some of them have this yeah. immortality, not all of them. Not everyone. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like a certain class of people. Mm-hmm. Again, you're creating a neo aristocracy here or mm-hmm. like a, a bourgeois type yeah. thing, but it's, it's something different now. Because I like kind um, of represent capital almost, you know. Yeah, like exactly. Oh, and, and this implies, right, that there is a need for a sustained, like it's not like you can prick somebody and they're immortal mm-hmm. forever. There's, yeah. There has to be some sustained treatment 
Oh, yeah, like therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they like, just need adrenochrome. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck off. I like that. Uh, we should call it like the therapy with a capital T. Yeah. The therapy? I, yeah. I, I was thinking like some kind of a gene therapy type. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Like so a gene therapy. Would be cool. Chris's adrenochrome might, might might not be true too off, actually. I think we could probably work some dumb bullshit into there. I mean, I can give you the second tenant, which actually spins off of Chris's comment. <laughs> really go right ahead because my second tenant was a shortage also has something to do with reproductive ability or sex and then i had in parentheses Ooh. think children of men i thought okay. for a moment you were going to say something about pizza i'm, I'm really glad <laughs> something to do with pizza <laughs> pepperoni pizza though in parentheses Oh god! Uh, I need Cri- to Google no. that. To- da- yeah, <laughs> Daniel doesn't know enough about the QAnon for him to know. It's a QAnon reference. Oh my oh, god! No. Yeah. You gotta stop, man. You just I saw that stop. comment you posted though in the chat about like the, their explanation. Once I was reading that on Reddit, I think I was reading it on Reddit. Never mind. It, it might have been from me though. <laughs> Q is such a fucking rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh god. Okay. So we've got the therapy. What was mm-hmm. your What was your second tenet that you wanted to go into? Oh, I was thinking like making it related. So like, I don't know what. Oh, it's to totally the, to up the in the air. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's a reproductive ability or sex is somehow impacted by this. So so what does that imply that it is? Is it a children of men situation? Is is that perhaps what happened is that children who are born, mm-hmm. even those treated with therapy, capital T, mm-hmm. cannot survive without the sun for some reason? Oh, and maybe and they're so- sterile. It sterilizes you. Oh yeah, that's not a bad idea. Well, you're talking about the children, right? So it's yeah, like, uh, right. Okay. Oh, maybe that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe like the therapy itself is a sterilizing agent. So you oh. need people who aren't therapy who who don't undergo the therapy. Oh, you need to, the lower to class to, to uh, yeah to continue to breed to continue yeah. to have generations after that. And then the, the only though, certain ones can be ascended to the level of the vampire. Yeah, and then it's it's you know it could also be seen as like almost a sacrifice in a way mm-hmm. because you're giving up your generate your, your ability to breed or you could just breed and then afterwards like hey I'm giving it up I'm becoming an immortal you know vampire right. god now yeah well we've already di- you know dived pretty deep into this and we're like f- fucking ten minutes into the episode <laughs> oh yeah see what is what is Chris gonna dump into this. Yeah, Chris, what's your tenant? Let's let's start out here, boss. Everyone's dwarves. <laughs> you got us. No, got him. Uh, <laughs> I will tear your throat out with my bare teeth. I I, I will. Swear to God, I'm into everyone being a dwarf, Chris. I'm into it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Daniel. Um, I will come down on you like a reckoning. <laughs> like all those regal, like vampire aristocrats, they're all dwarves, all of them. I mean, that would be like half of my dwarf fortress plays. That's <laughs> how all of them end. I would say that uh, one of the things that I also would like to do when it comes to immortality, just to make it that it's not just uh, the biological immortality, let's say. Uh, the people are kept alive through some sort of computerized means. Like, uh, I don't want to say like uh, altered carbon, but more like imagine that uh, a little bit of the benefits of also fighting the disease and all of the things from the therapy uh, have this also be 
kind of like a cloud backup so that if they were to die, they could also infect someone before they die. Oh. And what do you mean by infect? So imagine this is going into technology I know nothing about, but imagine your body was filled with nanites and collectively they all made up your memories, your feelings, and your personality. Mm-hmm. And before you died, you were able to, I don't want to say literally bite someone, but say, uh, get their, your blood inside of them. You then can take them over. Assuming they, they weren't already, uh, subjected to the therapy. Is, is the therapy those nanites? Is that what keeps people from, um, yeah, yeah. Like instead of a, a, like a genetic thing, it's more Mm -hmm. of a mechanical and you're saying that, like, if they infected another person, essentially some of those nanites that were carrying parts of your identity would pass on to the other person. Correct. We could even make it where, say, uh, to throw into the vampire trope of uh, thralls, uh, oh, yeah. you could have it that you partially infect people and it does make them, like, a little bit healthier, a little bit stronger, but you're also kind of grooming them for being back up. Oh, that's creepy. I like that. Yeah, now we're also getting into um Yeah, we're, we're, for for some reason I'm reminded of Agent Smith from The Matrix as well. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. I yeah. I like the the parasitism that it's introducing like so if you have a thrall, maybe those are people from the lower class who want to become one of them. Obviously that's what a thrall usually is. And so they're getting like these benefits by having that relationship with the vampire um, immortal slash character because they're getting a little taste of it. Um, and then the benefit that the vampire, I guess, is getting, I guess that's a question too. Like, what does the vampire get out of this? Oh, he can, it's like, he knows that's his backup slate oh, right, if he right. were to die. Or uh, I guess in a pinch, maybe he can also use it to sustain his existing body. They're like insurance, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do rather like that where mm-hmm. you're only keeping the poor people around just in case you die right. and also to make sure that you'll have future generations. Yeah. Like, like I said, I imagine that these thralls that are picked out, they're picked out to breed and then also or, or I imagine that like if you're, you know, like, well, actually, how? How would that work exactly? Oh, I could, so like if it well, so if they gave him a taste, right? Like if I pick the thrall, I pick this person that I like. I want them to continue my line, right? I I bite them, quote unquote, to give them some of my nanites and infect their identity a little bit with me, which also makes them healthier. And now they have a child who they end up raising after my philosophy. And my goal, my end goal, is when they die, I take them, and so I live on. Oh, and then you're no longer like a surrogate parent. Mm-hmm. You're you're the parent. You're actually parent. a parent. Yeah. And and I'm now guessing, right? Like we're we're essentially creating super or uber conservatism because yes. it's no longer like you're you're no longer getting radical new ideas. You're essentially nope. static, like literally genetically static in terms of progress. So yeah, because they're just like pushing. They're not only pushing themselves into the future; they're pushing their beliefs forward. You know. Right. And obviously because they're the ones who are maintaining power, mm-hmm. there's going to be some kind of, you know, like there, there's tension there. And also you're, you're, you're creating this like buildup of pressure that's going to eventually lead to rebellion for sure. Right. Um, so, so actually what, what's your second tenet, Chris? Cause I have an idea that I kind of want to play around with. 
My second one was going to be, uh, I, originally I didn't have it, uh, set for anything for this, but I really want something that, uh, either necessitates or, uh, allows for the rise of some sort of vampire hunter. Cause I always love the oh. vampire hunter kind of thing. We've already made it that they're all, uh, about being out in the open. They're the aristocrats. They're the important people. Uh, I, I guess, uh, vampire slayers would count more as like a faction, but, uh, maybe. So let me help you out then. Yeah. Because the idea that I actually wanted to play around with is, this sounds really dire and dystopic. Yes. So what I want to do, instead of focusing on the dystopian aspect to this, let's jump forward in time and let's play out post-revolution. Let's talk about how the revolution to this like vampiric uh, aristocracy happened. Mm-hmm. So, And then we can jump ahead and now we can focus on, okay, we're past the vampire overlords type shit. And now this is the society post that with the sun still out. So it's, it's like we've already gotten past the really bad part of the history. And I think that this is a lot more fun because we can, we have the tropes, but now we get to do the hard part, which is think about the setting after this whole dystopic future. So are they now a myth? No, 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 because I would imagine that they, this lifestyle necessitates or, or, or like we still need this type of lifestyle to exist, essentially. What What's the benefit? So from the perspective of the big picture, like what is the, what what makes the vampires necessary? Like, do they do something that kind of staves off the total destruction of the earth? Like, why were they allowed to become immortal in the beginning? That is a great question. Mm-hmm. I, I And I think this is probably where we can kind of... And again, I, I find that this question that we're asking here is more interesting than a setting that is just right. vampires versus humans in the revolution that is inevitably to come. I think like, that figuring out what, what happens now is more interesting. Were, were they set up to solve the problem of the darkness? Like, is the reason why they needed people to survive multiple generations is because they realized it would take multiple generations to solve the problem, move the thing blocking the sun? I would say that maybe they didn't have a solution, but the one thing that you could plan for is to have more time. Yeah. So the real scarcity is time, is what we're saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In a way, yes. But isn't it always? Yes. Yeah. Well, um, see, okay. So besides time, because again, what, if we're worried about time, if we're worried about the people not being able to progress, then why wouldn't you just be able to, okay, let's children of men it then. Mm-hmm. Like the vampires, ah, oh, man, this is, this is hard. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm is it, so let's think about the nanite part. Like, is, is, was maybe like there, the technical solution of moving the object or ending the darkness um, was a process that would, like, it was like an algorithm or something that had to solve a process that would take a really long time and need people to oversee it. So I'm trying to think, like, how do the nanites come into that too? Like, how do they come into existence? Well, actually, you know, it doesn't even have to be the old age part. It just mm-hmm. had, maybe we can focus on the disease part in some way. So, you know, like being immune, maybe, maybe 
the collapse of the natural ecosystem because mm-hmm. of the blocking of the sun happened too fast for us to cope with in an evolutionary standpoint. So right. that's where the vampires come in, where maybe we have these like geodesic domes mm-hmm. that kind of happen because maybe because the atmosphere has changed so rapidly mm-hmm. when people come out into the open, the air that we're used to breathing, that mixture of O2 and other gases is different. And so it's like, oh shit, I can't breathe this air nearly as well. Or maybe it's like, inhi- it's like inhibitive to what we're used to. So, you know, you can go for a nice run in our current ecosystem, but mm-hmm. with a world without the plants and everything because of the sun being gone, right. significantly less oxygen. In a, in the, and again, the atmosphere just drastically yeah, I mean, changes. We, we could be redesigning bodies and, and life forms to absorb the light that's not like the visible light, you know? So like there's still, we're still being bombarded with all kinds of light from the sun. It's just not the visible spectrum of light. So maybe- right. Like we've been modified to to live with that, and that's what the therapy was supposed to do, right? And so now we're we're transitioning to like more algae based, or maybe mm. you know more or bioluminescent type stuff. Ooh, I like that bioluminescence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and obviously like so, and so that's why we had the therapy to begin with. Yeah, and so you could go out outside of the geodesic domes to mm-hmm. just just you needed it to, to normal breathe yeah. in the open air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine that now, and like, that's kind of how it started, right? Where this was a necessity because we could not live in our biomes anymore. So we needed a, we needed a therapy that would allow us to, but now society has advanced to the point. Okay. Now we're, now we're getting like stretching the timeline. It's starting to come together. I think where, okay, we now have. The, th- the So the quote unquote vampires have done the work. So humanity can now fully sustain itself in these giant cities under the domes with the, with the proper atmosphere and oxygen and stuff like that. And so after that, the vampires are still immortal and they're still, you know, immune to most diseases. And so they become fat and aristocratic. That's the origin point for that. Now let's go to after the fall of the vampiric dynasty or do we want to because i i find that again I, i'm and we can we can argue about this but do you f- actually let's let's do that instead so let me ask you this what what point of history would you rather focus on do you want to talk about the the revolution that is to come do you want to talk about it pre-revolution or do you want to talk about post-revolution I would prefer to talk about the post-revolution because I think that's a more interesting society to talk about. But I, I agree with you normally. Like the the the, it's usually more fun to to do the thing where the action is. Um, so I and I wonder in this particular one because I'm really interested in the the relationship between the lower class and the higher class. I wonder if what if we if it takes place at the moment of the revolution. Okay. That see that's that's something that we can certainly do, Chris. Yeah, what do you think? I think that would be the most exciting time if you did it during uh, the revolution, where yeah. maybe certain people who are of the aristocrat. It, it's essentially so. It's a futuristic French Revolution with vampires. Yes, with vampires, space vampires. <laughs> right, and there's no sun. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there is a sun, but you know what I'm talking. About. Yeah. All right, yeah. Oh, look at look at this fucking turn that 
hey, take away, uh, take away a resource. And this mm-hmm. is what we end up with is like pseudo science vampires. <laughs> Who knows how we get there? That's crazy. Oh man, I, this is what I fucking love. All right. So yeah, I let's, let's do that. Do Mad Max and we ended up <laughs> Victorian space France. <laughs> Victorian space France. <laughs> But there's no space. It's it's just future France. Uh, Victoria Nano France. <laughs> I, I will accept Nano France. That's hey, acceptable. Hey, hey. Earth is in space. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. So let's so let's talk about so the setting is the revolution. Yes. All right. Gentlemen, I feel like this is definitely the time where we're going to come up with the uh world building jam. What do you think? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's tell a tale about the revolution. So, gentlemen, we have the vampiric revolution. Now we're going to do a little bit of world-building jam session here. So the subject of our world-building jam is going to be an item. And we're telling an archetypal story surrounding this item. That archetypal story is going to surround... Voyage and Return. So this is going to play a major part in our setting going forward. So gentlemen, what are the first thing that you're thinking of when you're thinking an item that has Voyage and Return in mind? I'm thinking a ship. Like Mm -hmm. some sort of arc style thing that is meant to take you to either a, a place that has a sun or maybe to destroy the thing that is blocking it. Yeah, me too. That's exactly what I was thinking. Voyaging to the place that, you know, is causing the eclipse. So, well, so so let's tell a tale then of the ship that goes and tries to Armageddon the asteroid field out of the way then. Is that what we want to do? Or is that like perhaps too... I think that might be too literal. Yeah. Um, because like I'm thinking too, one of my favorite books I like bringing up, um, Book of the Long Sun. There was um, an artifact too that was required to restart the sun essentially, um, but it wasn't like it wasn't like presented as as directly as that. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if that artifact has something to do with ending the eclipse or having something to do with its maybe its origin or I don't know like a power coming from it. I think, I think the item should obviously be related to the eclipse in some way. See, I like the idea that the, also it's it's the eternal eclipse. Can we call yeah. it that now? Yeah. Okay, cool. So in so I like this idea that this is a failed attempt that has actually fucked up the Earth's atmosphere even worse. Ooh, like okay. maybe maybe this is the first attempt at fixing the solution is this item that they try and use to go on a journey to get to the asteroid belt to clear the asteroids out of the way so they can have the sun again. And it fails miserably. Oh, 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 can, can, I have an idea. Um, what if it was a ship that was meant to deposit a, like, fission reactor to not restart the sun, but to cause a smaller secondary sun? Oh, so, in the asteroid belt? Um, yeah, so that, that we could have that. This Because we only really want the light and a little bit of the heat. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, one of the fears of, fission reactors are that it would 
create a small sun on earth right that's a thing science <laughs> so, so wait a minute instead of instead of that idea because I, I love that idea but you've sparked the you've sparked it in me maybe it's not they're trying to create a, a second sun but they're trying to like create a reflection or refraction so they can create a series of mirrors of some kind <laughs> to move the light yeah like wouldn't that be an easier solution than creating a second sun yeah, I mean, it could be a way of channeling the solar energy of some some kind to get it back to the Earth. Um, there is I, a word for that. It's not like a Dyson sphere. It's like a Dyson disc. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Dyson disc. All right. All right. So, so what is the cataclysmic uh, repercussion of this failed journey the first time? I, I think the only reason why it failed is because it was sabotaged. Oh, all right. Let's go. What is so? It was sabotaged. I love that. Uh, and what's the what's the result? What's the consequence? Is like half of the moon missing now, or <laughs> is it, like what? What's the problem? Um, this has happened in the past, right? Right. This is. I'm going to say so, that this is even pre vampires. Oh, it's before that. Okay, I was going to yeah. say like maybe it solidified the power of those vampires. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it's before that. This is the first thing they tried the before attempt. the vampires. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what damaged the atmosphere. Like because we didn't have an atmospheric issue. Maybe it like actually ripped the atmosphere off, and that's why they're in the geodesic domes that you were talking about. There we go. Okay. Bam. Called it. Uh, all right. So so I, I love the idea of sabotage. I'm actually going to keep it open for now, and we're yeah. just going to get into the twist. Wait. Wait. So wait. Could I just add one more thing to that? Yeah. Just because I thought yeah. it would be cool. Uh, the fact that it was also sabotage, maybe it the ref- reflection or the refraction of whatever it's doing is also heat-based. And yes. so now most of the surface or the planet is like a desert. So I get my Ooh. my uh, Mad Max theme kind of. I like that. A cold desert. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to say that Let's let's I'm going to cut that in half. Let's say half the world is a desert of some kind. Are you cool with that? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Maybe it boiled an ocean away and there's this desert ocean. Or it's or it's a matter of like now the waters are half where they used to be. Well, I was, you know? I was also like not to give the sun back in because that would destroy the point. But I was imagining just a beam the size of like a. uh small battleship that is just yeah. focused light that's burning a hole randomly through the planet as it spins. Yeah. And so like <laughs> every like, now and then someone well, just there goes, goes Baltimore. Like, <laughs> you know, necessitating people to live underground where it's safer. Uh no. Yeah. <laughs> Among dwarves. You that's know, one of these days one of these days I'm going to get a dwarf email and I'm going to delete it before any of you read it just to no. make sure. <laughs> and you, this is what caused the people to be shorter is the beams. It just heated them to make them like little. little All right. We're throwing in the twist now. So uh, <laughs> we're going to roll that twist and see what happens. Oh God. I hate this so much. I hate this twist was it and dwarves? I hate that it came up for this one. Was it uh, the twist gentlemen that we will be going over next episode. Aliens did it. Yes. <laughs> That's too easy. <laughs> I, 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 by that we mean 
Join us next week while we talk about this twist where aliens blew up the sun in order. God damn it all. We can make actually, it work. Actually, this does kind of sound like a bad Asimov novel, so I'm cool with this, actually. Well, well I, I think we I'm can that, have some fun with it now. We could even bring salt. in Elder Gods as being aliens if we wanted to. Aliens could mean people, but just alienated from the Earth. So who knows? Who I mean, knows? You know, that's, that's actually not a bad idea no. for me to get around the dumb grays. It's the, it's the elder exactly. gods living in the center of the planet, and they can't live in the light, so they had to block out the sun. It's elder dwarves. I, Thank I, you. Actually, hold on. Okay, well, we're get, okay, we're going to talk about this next episode, because <laughs> this is this is the end, all right? Thank it gives you us so time much. to coordinate with, with Chris about making it into elder dwarves. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that if you want to send your own world building prompt to us, you can go ahead and send us an email at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. Or you can go ahead and shoot us a Twitter tweet over at Let's World Build. If you want to just come hang out with us, you can go to our Discord and, you know, shoot the shit about creative stuff all the time. Or if you're feeling particularly generous, or if you want to bathe in the sweet, sweet VIP delights of our Patreon, you can go there. And, you know, be generous and give us some money. That's cool, too. Links for those both in the description below. And remember that we're going to get through this together. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week. Bye.